When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to Hale Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hale Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Welcome to it. Great to be with you on a Thursday. It's Hale Varsity Radio presented by the Nebraska Lottery, Chris Schmidt, Damon Barr. We are T-minus one hour and 55 minutes from the NFL draft. You will hear it right here on ESPN Lincoln and some of our surrounding affiliates that have coverage. So, uh, with the Aaron Rodgers breaking news, we were scheduled to have Trey Wingo. He's kind of launching the Fox digital watch party tonight. Trey had to bow out. That's quite all right. We check in with Russ Landy, NFL insider, part of the Cleveland front office and with the Rams. We'll get his take on what kind of wild night it could be with the NFL draft. Gary Barnett in hour two. Danny Burke will join us. Burke's best bets. And Brandon Vogel to get your spring game fix in about 20 minutes. You can join us. Dial us up and uh, give us a holler at 46637. 76-4667-76-800-825-5865. Your chance again at uh, the ESPN uh, Memorial Weekend kickoff. Uh, that sounder will give you a chance twice uh, this show to qualify for the grill, for the gift card to Campbell's, for the gift card to Leon. So we'll get you that uh, opportunity to qualify Spring game rosters are out, format set, and uh, we are geared up. Going to be fun to be down in the rail yard for Saturday, 10 to noon, the special weekend Hale Varsity uh, pregame show uh, leading up to kickoff for spring game 2021. You can email chris at halevarsity.com and also find and follow us on Twitter at Schmidt underscore radio at Damon Barr. That's two R's. So we'll get full into spring football but the, the news that's been crazy today has been uh, Aaron Rodgers and just what's up. And he right now is wishing that, that he was so, uh, so good. And I thought he was all right with the Jeopardy host. Remember this moment where he got trolled by a contestant? Remember that this was Aaron Rodgers, had his hair combed and a tie on. Our two-day champion on the end, Scott, did you come up with the correct response? wanted to kick that field goal. <laughs> that is a great question. Should be, should be correct, but uh, unfortunately for this, uh, this game today, that's incorrect, and you're going to lose zero. Thank you for that, and congrats on your two-day win streak to our two-day champ. So, saw this tweet earlier. It would be hilarious tonight between while we're waiting for for Green Bay's draft pick tonight. 
for them to play Jeopardy. Or just between picks all night long to play Jeopardy. I know a lot of Packer fans. I love watching Aaron Rodgers play ball. He is so disgruntled, the reigning MVP, that he's told some in the organization he does not want to return to the team. League sources also told ESPN that today. Here's been your timeline. As late as Wednesday, yesterday, San Francisco again reached out to try and put something together to get Aaron Rodgers. Shanahan would be smiling. Uh, You had back in January, the Rams. They made a call to Green Bay. And they weren't really taken seriously. They settled with Stafford. What you do have is this situation with Aaron Rodgers and uh, the new general manager or the current general manager. He may be the former general manager, Gunquist. And, and he's been with Green Bay forever. Started out as a chief scout in 98, went to Green Bay as a scout in 98 through 2015, and then it's kind of climbed the ladder to the GM spot. And, and you've got Rodgers that is not happy with how things are, are going. And he feels like, look, my career's winding down. I know I'm 37. I know I just won an MVP. But the reality is this. You've drafted a running back and a quarterback the last two picks last year. And, and he was PO'd about Jordan Love being drafted. Why not get me a wideout? Why not give me some offensive line help? Help me. Let's go out. Let's spend. Let's do what Tom Brady and, and Tampa's done. The future's now. Let's try and put a run together. And Green Bay's been to so many NFC Championship games, but they have won Super Bowl to show for it. And he's been incredible, right? Now, he's kind of a weirdo. He's kind of a, a – he's got his own thing going. And the the other tweet that was great this today was, well, I guess Green Bay is being treated like family now. <laughs> if you're Aaron Rodgers. So what happens tonight? Three quarterbacks to keep an eye on, right? We've heard all week and leading up to the draft is you've got maybe four quarterbacks going in the first four picks. Who knows? Uh, There are reports right now uh, on social media from some NFL insiders that the Patriots are putting a long-term contract together to reacquire Jimmy G. So San Francisco, they'll have the third pick. Do they send that third pick to get Aaron Rodgers? Can a deal be done? And if that's the case, uh, Green Bay is like, um, what do we do? Is Jordan Love ready? Is is Love ready to go? Probably not. Uh, you're in a whole world of trouble if you're if he just walks away. Now I know Green Bay controls him, but this isn't about a contract extension. This is about the GM. He doesn't trust, probably doesn't like. You've had a, an army of Packer brass that have gone out to see him. And, and that's the head coach, that's the general manager, that's part of the ownership group. Uh, he wanted this Jeopardy gig, probably partially his leverage, but he just wants out of Green Bay. Uh, an NFL player has never been traded after winning the MVP. And when a contract uh, topic comes up, $6.8 million, uh, the, the roster bonus came due in March. So what happens here? If you're Green Bay and you've drafted Jordan Love 
and he's not ready and Aaron Rodgers leaves, you're going to be a three or four or five win football team for a year or two. If that's the case, this GM that botched the relationship with Aaron Rodgers, at least as we speak here and now, will be looking for a gig, as well as the head coach potentially. And this goes back also to the playoffs where you have Rodgers wanting to go for it. You saw the reaction. You heard the postgame audio where Green Bay went for a field goal instead of going for it. And it's just been rocky from the get-go. Quarterbacks to watch. You've got what happens with Aaron Rodgers. You have Jimmy G. Also, uh, you know, is, is Deshaun Watson on the move? That's quite kind of intriguing and interesting. If you're John Elway in Denver, can you package something together? I know you just went out and got Teddy. But Elway is really good at recruiting. Look at Peyton Manning. This is fascinating. And if, if you're any of the following here, and you can go get Aaron Rodgers... Do you not bundle the future for it? If you're San Francisco, if you're Carolina, if you're Denver, if you're the Jets, if you're Miami. And it kind of comes down to Green Bay and what would they take another quarterback that doesn't feel or seem like a reality, except you've had the Josh Rosen experiment kind of kick off the ready to move on mentality. You don't have the Sam Bradford contracts that exist with all that guaranteed money anymore. And you had Arizona draft in the top 10, feel or figure out that Rosen's not really our guy, and they go get Murray, and they're they're decent. They're not a playoff team yet, but they're they're fun, and there's some upside there. So you're not as handcuffed anymore with quarterbacks, and if you're Green Bay, you've not even really seen love. We just had Steve Calhoun on this week, and, and he's a big Jordan Love guy. That's who he's worked with uh, throughout his college career. So it's not that Love's a bad quarterback. You just don't know, and he's not ready. You still have Aaron Rodgers. So what what happens here with Green Bay? Do they trade? They aren't probably going to want to trade, but if push comes to shove and he said, if, he, if he forces you to move him, you got to do it. And I think San Francisco's perfect. That's kind of where Aaron Rodgers is from. You you unite him and Shanahan, and you get some sort of crazy blockbuster thing going where Jimmy G gets shipped out, the number three pick goes somewhere, and Aaron Rodgers lands with San Francisco. Uh, we'll see how that shakes up. 466-377-6800-825-5865, numbers to get in. And there are a lot of teams that would love to have an opportunity at Aaron Rodgers. I just don't know if if Green Bay will or can budge. I'm really interested in that. Uh, is Deshaun Watson a name that moves tonight? The Niners have also been monitoring Deshaun Watson. Bleacher Report saying Aaron Rodgers, there's a 0% chance that the Packers deal the quarterback. But here's what you've had. You've had Stafford move from Detroit to L.A. Goff uh, has moved on. You have Carson Wentz in Philly, uh, from Philly. Uh, and now you have uh, Sam Darnold from New York. What is to come tonight? How wild does it get? And where 
does that number three pick go? Uh, it's kind of now the, the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes. If you can put something sweet to deal. There are there are so many teams that need that, that quarterback to get them over the hump. Tampa's re-signed all starting 22 of their guys, so that's pretty interesting, pretty juicy. All right, let's uh, hit on the spring game a little bit, and uh, we are excited to be down in the rail yard from 10 to noon. And what, what this weekend is going to signify is kind of life back to normal. And, and some of you have suffered, and I'm sympathetic to that. Some of you have been able to navigate, but you're going to have sunshine, you're going to have football, you're going to have friends, and you'll have a chance to be safe. And you have a chance as a Nebraska fan to get out and see your team, either watch it or physically go in person, and you're going to have a chance to just feel like an old-time Saturday again in Lincoln. That's what's going to be so awesome. And you know what Nebraska football is, man. It's so vital and embedded to a lot of us within this state uh, from a standpoint of of rosters. You're going to have uh, the red rosters, pretty much your first and second team. The white roster uh, will have uh, your younger quarterbacks on it. Uh, but you got Masker and uh, Adrian in the red. Uh, from a format standpoint, it's uh, four 15-minute quarters, running clock, except for the normal clock timing at timeouts and change of possession, the final four minutes of the first half and coach's decision. So the, the final four will not be a, a running clock. Uh, no tackling to the ground in the first half. You're going to have live tackling in the second half. Uh, there's a lot of guys I'm interested in watching. Brandon Vogel's going to check in with some of the guys he's set to watch and check out. But defensively and offensively, I can't wait to see those lines of scrimmage go at one another, specifically the the younger guys. We're going to be watching Omar Manning, big-time athlete, difference maker at wideout, kind of provided some oohs and some ahs. Uh, for Nebraska fans with the open practice. Omar's a guy who likes the camera. Omar's a guy who loves the spotlight. He's a performer, and he'll have a chance to perform. Feldarius Payne, what's he do uh, moving forward? He's a guy that you've been hearing great things about. He was in front of the media a few weeks back. And Payne's story is interesting because he had COVID. He needed to, to rehab and get healthy. He was injured, so... For him to get as many snaps as he did last year and perform at the level he did, you want to talk about it. You know, Thursday the NFL draft is the king day of upside in any year. But in, in all honesty, Phil Darius Payne's a cat that uh, at six three two sixty has transitioned well to that outside linebacker spot. And when it comes to his physical presence and how comfortable he is mentally, he might be that missing link. As a pass rusher, yes, it's spring ball, but really if we're talking about Nebraska's defense and hanging your hat on that side of the ball moving forward, we'll get into the schedule and Bill Moose doubling down on that 8-9 to nine win total. He talked with the World Herald about that. It's going to be your defense that helps spearhead you to, to get the 8 or 9 wins and can Payne 
be a factor. You feel good about the defensive line against the run. You feel good about your linebacking core. You're feeling a uh, 1,000% about your secondary, uh, specifically how Newsom's really emerged, uh, that opposite corner spot from Cam Taylor-Britt. Do you get a guy like Payne that can be a third-down specialist but also be good enough on, on your first and second down against the run? And, and to me, Saturday is about your backup quarterbacks, too. I don't think you're going to go portal shopping. I think you're going to try and develop uh, the young guys, give them a chance to hit that to-do list. But, wow, uh, Harburg could be a lot of fun to to see against some of the the ones and twos defensively. And then there's Oliver Martin. Very good at getting open, and that bodes well for what Nebraska wants to do uh, offensively. The NFL draft is here. The Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, uh, wishful thinking, but he is digging his heels in. We'll talk some more college ball and some NFL. Brandon Vogel next. And we're back. Fellas, you think we could listen to the radio? On Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. Yes, that's awesome. Your chance for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. We'll qualify you here before five. We'll qualify you. In hour two, NFL insider draft expert Russ Landy. One hour, what happens with Aaron Rodgers? More on the spring game. Gary Barnett coming up. And uh, Danny Burke, we say hi to Brandon Vogel, HaleVarsity.com and Magazine Managing Editor at Brandon L. Vogel on Twitter, the I-80 Podcast, Spotify, iTunes, Google Play. Vogues gives his thoughts on the spring game. Vogues, uh, yay or nay, if you're Green Bay, you put on some... Did we lose him? Do we have him? We got him. Vogues, do you, do you move Aaron Rodgers if you're Green Bay? Can you get enough back for him? Uh, probably not, in my opinion. But I don't know. With In a, in a Tom Brady era, may, maybe you can. I mean... Proven quarterbacks are the greatest commodity, and you, you see it every year in the draft of the great quarterback derby. Uh, you, maybe you got one or two guys that are feel like no-brainers, but after that, it's a crapshoot. So maybe you can. It would surprise me, though. Have you checked on Jacob Padilla? We, we have we have done a, a check-in. Um, <laughs> he's, he's not responding. Uh, he's responding to other things, so I know he's fine. Um, it might just be a little bit too a little bit too raw right now. Brandon Vogel's with us. Uh, more thoughts on the NFL. So Vogue's uh, Bill Moose kind of doubled down uh, with uh, the World Herald on that eight nine win suggestion here that eight or nine wins could be realistic despite uh, the the utmost difficult schedule in the Big Ten. And, and a top 10 uh, difficulty in schedule overall. What's your reaction to this? What's your take, not just once on the Bill Moose show, but now a second time to another outlet that, does he know something we don't? Is he uh, on the money like he was in year one, saying six and six? Or is this just added pressure that doesn't need to be happen, happening in year four, even though it is year four? Yeah, I've I've had a really hard time personally, like knowing what to make of this, and I've kind of run through all of those scenarios that you just mentioned. Um, I guess where I'm I'm landing for now, at least, is you know when he said that going into after year one, going into year two, when everyone was high on Nebraska, myself very much included, 
and when he's at Big Ten Media Days, and I was there for that, he said, yeah, six wins. He's like, what? He's like, oh, that's just the athletic director trying to keep things manageable. Now he says eight or nine, when you can look at that schedule, anyone can look at it, and it's ranked anywhere from, you know, 18th nationally to second from what I've seen. It's tough. Um, so to say that now, it, it kind of makes me think, I was like, well, it is year four, though, which he specifically mentioned. So maybe he's been being realistic this whole time and has just never gotten credit for it. That, that could be, um, I guess, you know, if you're a Nebraska fan, the, the best option is he knows something we all don't. But I, I can't quite get there yet. I think it's really tough to, to look at this schedule and say, there's eight, there's nine. I can absolutely talk myself into eight or nine, except that there's been penalties, there's been turnovers, and there's been games where they've been outcoached. And all of that can absolutely get better, but you're in year four, and I, I'm not sure if if Nebraska moving forward is just going to have to out-talent the other team and, and win despite themselves or if they're going to actually get better. I think they're going to get better on offense. I think they're going to get better on special teams, and I feel good about the defense. And and I think Scott Frost is a smart coach and a good coach, but each week, each week in, week out, uh, the other guy across the headset uh, maybe isn't uh, as, as green. And I know he's not ultra green, but he's still green in the Big Ten and he's still green in Power Five, so that's my worry. I think Moose just knows football and kind of calls it like he sees it. And to be honest, the last couple of years, he hasn't come out and said, why the hell didn't you get to seven or eight wins? But that might be a thought bubble. I mean, Nebraska's lost a, lost a lot of games they could have, should have, would have won. And, and they should have been under over 500 the last couple of years. Yeah, they, they, they should have been. They've, they've earned more than they've gotten. And I don't mean that to be like, to, to paint Nebraska as a victim because a lot of this, as we know, is, is their own doing. But you can just look at it and be like, you know, we know you're not what your record totally shows right now. You're not drastically better than that, but you're a little bit better. And just kind of the reality of having a job with the stature that the Nebraska job comes with is you get to year four and, you know, things got to start happening. Um, and, you, and you're right. Moose knows football. Like, when he says it might be the toughest schedule in the country, he's not just saying that to, you know, tamp things down, especially not when he's saying eight or nine wins. Because, like, I look at this schedule, and a lot can change before August, but not that drastically. If they win nine games against this schedule, it's an unqualified success. Like, that is <laughs> – I mean, that might be top of the scale for me at, at this early juncture. That'd be a hell of a coaching job. And, and it, it would be a lot of things coming together. And if we're going to look at seven and five or six and six, I know where we can go based on the early spreads that are out to get to six and six. But let's talk yep. about seven or eight. Give me two games that you think are those make or break. What are the two games that turn turn nine and in 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 four or eight and four into seven and five or six and six. What are, who are the two opponents that you're most interested in that that could be that coin flip? And there's a lot of coin flips on here. It's the Big Ten. Yeah, it is. Um, so, well, I'll actually give you three. Okay. Um, so if 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 we kind of 
go by FPI, which is saying six. Okay, fine. You can look at that. Like, I think Northwestern is one of those games. Um, I'm not super high on Northwestern going into 2021 just based on the amount that they lost. They, they lost a bunch. Mm-hmm. Um, and, but it's still Northwestern. It's still tough. That's one that Nebraska has to win. So say that gets you to seven. Sure. Um, then I look at Minnesota. Um, <laughs> that's, that's one that should be pretty tight on the line um, going into that game. But, again, it's a program that's, you know, it's beaten Nebraska twice in three years now. And, you know, kind of <laughs> did it in a way that's not too, not too pleasing to most Husker fans. So you got to get that one. Um, Iowa's an easy choice, but I, you know, yeah, I don't know. Michigan could be in that group too. Like I'm not, I'm super wait and see with Michigan at this moment. When you get that game at home, that could be a huge momentum boost. So when you're talking about getting beyond, you know, to eight, maybe nine, I think that almost has to include a win over a Michigan team that in my opinion should be fairly on even turf with Nebraska. I think you're right on. And I think the first team to 13 wins that one. <laughs> Could be. Early early May take here on, on scoring, right? But no, and that's just it. You look at, at some of those woulda, coulda, shouldas. And, and that's one and two against Purdue. That's yeah. one and two against Minnesota. But you've, you've shown the ability to just... Do you just destroy Minnesota in your one win? Uh, they return the favor, obviously, on a cold night in Minneapolis two years ago. And but for them to, to roll in like they did last year with thirty three dudes out and just outgut you, that's that's impressive. You know, I think Michigan State is yep. is a weird ball game because where where are you at between the years uh, after the Oklahoma roadie and? What are you like going into that? I mean, how does Illinois and Buffalo and TBA that second week of the season or what should be week one? You know, what happens there? I think, I think Sparty is, is very telling. Northwestern's always going to be, uh, you know, a, a bare-knuckle fight. And then I think Minnesota, you're, you're, you're supposed to be better than Minnesota because of what you do on the recruiting trail, but they have pretty much routinely outcoached you two of your three meetings. Yep, outcoach them, and and this even goes back pre, you know, the current coaching staff, uh, back to the Jerry Kill, Tracy Clays mm-hmm. era. But Minnesota's got a really good history of developing guys. Like they recruit very similarly to Iowa and Wisconsin, and this is new from that basically that era that I just mentioned. They develop guys at a much closer level than they had previously. Um, Nebraska still needs to prove that it it can do that. Um, Consistently, as those other teams, those teams that, yes, like we all agree, like these are your contemporaries. You have to beat in the West. And that's that's one area where so far we just haven't seen enough of that yet at Nebraska. Brandon Vogel's with us, HailMarsCity.com and Magazine at Brandon L. Vogel. Vogue's uh, for the spring game, you know, what what's on your radar? What are you looking for on Saturday? And, and how excited are you for it? I mean, is, does this feel a little bit better, a little bit different just because of what everyone's been through the last year? Yeah, being away for a year and, you know, and everything that came with that and after that of just not having this level of the chance for fans to see it, That I think that really will add something extra for me and I'm sure for a lot of people. Like, it'll just be good to be back and to, you know, 
be, be around that a lot of people derive a lot of great joy from uh, and also a lot of frustration from at times. But hopefully, hopefully those times are diminishing uh, in the near future. I'm going to spend a lot of time like it's going to be it's, it's a different setup. Of course, we know and spring games are always hard in, term, in terms of how much you actually take from them. But I'm going to be keeping a close eye on the passing game like Nebraska was super, super conservative there last year. I want to see the receivers, um, not just the new guys or guys who haven't played a ton, but, you know, guys that did play last year and have a chance to take another step. Um, so I'll be interested in that. I'll be interested to see what Adrian Martinez looks like. Yeah, I'm, sure, I'm assuming that'll be a pretty brief look, but not having the ability to, to attend either of the open practice sessions so far, I'm really interested in the backup quarterbacks too. You know, we've heard some good things about, about both guys. I'm, I'm excited to see uh, Heinrich Har- Harburg throw the football uh, based on everything we've seen. And I'm just excited to see some others uh, in general. So that's probably the majority of my focus and everything I get beyond that will be uh, considered a bonus. Vogues, what's coming up from Hale Varsity and what can folks hear with your I-80 preview, the podcast you do an, an amazing job with? Yeah, thank you. Um, so... Well, we'll be fully loaded uh, going into Saturday. And then, of course, from the spring game with coverage of that, not just that day, but throughout the weekend and the week ahead. Um, hard to work on the May issue, which is going to be spring football heavy, of course, uh, but also some other good things there on some other sports. Uh, IED preview, I was able to uh, get with Derek Peterson, uh, Hale Varsity writer. And our way of approaching this spring game preview was to come up with a series of kind of pick one guy. So the first one that are on our list was if you had to pick one, you got Samari Ture, you got Omar Manning. Both are important. Hopefully Nebraska has both of them. But if you just had to pick one, like who are you most interested in? And we did that for a series of guys. So it's got kind of a formula there, and I thought it was pretty fun. Vogues, best to you and your fam, uh, and uh, we'll get caught up soon, bud. Thanks a lot. Chime in 402-466-ESPN or email the show, chris at hailvarsity.com. Just try me. Try me. Back to Hail Varsity Radio. Back with you, Hail Varsity. We are loaded. Can we, get to, can we get to August 28th? Can we just fast forward? I know the NFL draft is going, uh, going on here. He's on two, Damon. Rob, the suit is in. Yeah, man, I'm feeling excited about uh, Husker football coming back. You know, well, spring game. Spring I mean, game on Saturday, yeah. I can't wait for it, man. Yeah, we're going to be down at the rail yard. You're going to be down there doing your thing, broadcasting there. We are 10 yeah. to noon. Uh, the, the weekend edition is moving out of the morning session. Mm-hmm. And uh, plenty of red beer and, and sunshine. Yeah, it'll uh, be red beer and uh, maybe <laughs> an occasional, uh, what do you want to call it, uh, Bloody Mary? Could Something like that. Something like spice. that. But you got, uh, you got connections yeah. all around the Big Ten, Rob. Yes, I do. Yeah, but and, man, this, this Illinois thing. You got Bielema, you got Illinois, you got the opener. Nebraska could be could be a night game since it's mm-hmm. week zero. And it could be, you know, Nebraska, the stage, the, the, the spotlight of college football is shining on Nebraska v. Illinois. And uh, yeah, big TV game be, with Chicago. You know, a lot of Illinois uh, uh-huh. student, a lot of Illinois faculty. I mean, uh, students are the student body is from Chicago area, the metro. But uh, we are going to be broadcasting live. We're going to take this uh, show on the road there as well. Boom. We're going to we're going to go with you, the Husker faithful. I was actually just talking to somebody. Uh, I used to live in Champaign. I was there from uh, back in uh, in the late '90s, and I was talking to a friend of mine that uh, is also in the radio business, and she said. Uh, 
Their family owns uh, great watering holes. Some of them are campus traditions for a number of years. So we found ourselves a nice campus dive called Cam's, which has been there on Green Street, right in Campus Town for years. And we will have the Hale Varsity Radio Show there uh, for the Illinois game. That is going to be awesome. We got the Friday, the Saturday, mm-hmm. and you know Cam Taylor Britt from mm-hmm. Nebraska. Uh, a cam that uh, is going to be very prominent here this this season for Nebraska, right. and we'll be pouring one or several at, at camps. Yeah, at cams. Uh, yeah, it's about uh, six eight blocks just north of Memorial Stadium there, there in sure. uh, in Champaign. So uh, uh, I know I was just talking to to my friend. I said I said you do not understand that. Pretty much, I can guarantee that half of that stadium is going to be red on that day. So I, I hope uh, the Nebraska faithful will travel. Oh, big time! And uh, it'd be phenomenal to kick off. The Big Ten season for Nebraska fans with a win, but a win against that guy. Yeah. Uh, Bielema and, and some of the pain that Wisconsin's caused. I know he's got a different area code and zip code right now, but hey, it's going to be big. And, and that, that'll be the game of college football unless they move up, and I don't think they will, unless they move up some other marquee week two matchups. But right. I mean, that, that will be it. It was supposed to be in Dublin. We were supposed to be drinking Guinness. Right. But we're going to be at Cam's. It'll be Yeah, I, I, I'm hoping for the Illinois game being normal as much. Uh, that does, that, that area does scare me. That was one of the last states to open up. So, you know, because they do get affected by a lot of the politics in sure. Chicago in that area. But I'm hoping that uh, the, that everything's normal there at the stadium in Champaign. What a great town. They've got a lot of great hotels Never there. been, man. Um, no, it's, it's a great college town. Just think of Lincoln minus the city government. That's basically what it is. So it's, it's otherwise, it feels, it feels right between Champaign Urbana, about 110,000 people. Uh, just a great a great college town and uh, a lot of friendly people, good places to eat, and a great uh, watering hole called Cam's that we'll be uh, hanging That'll out be at fun. with the show. This will be Rob a lot of fun. Rob the Suit, yep. you rock. Roadshow for mm, week zero. That's, that's, that's one roadshow of next year. We got another one we're in the works yes, on, Yes, we too. are. Yes. Well, we're making that happen. Thank yes. you so much. All right, man. Put your, put your Browns jersey on. All right, well, I will. I'm watching the rain coming down in Cleveland, the draft. I'm going, gosh, man, it's got to be miserable out there. But, you know, it is what it is. It's NFL, and they're packed in. They're happy. Yes, they are. We're happy for regular, normal football coming back on Saturday at the spring games. That's right. Come see us in the rail yard, Rob. Good to see you, buddy. Thanks for getting that all lined up. That is money. Can't wait for it. College football, Nebraska, Week Zero, and Champaign Roadshow for Hale Varsity. That is incredible. Gary Barnett, 15 minutes away. We'll uh, check in with Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets. And then uh, NFL insider, draft expert, former front office man with the Rams and Browns, Russ Landy. Uh, Trey Wingo sends his condolences. Was supposed to be on. He's doing the Fox draft party with this Aaron Rodgers news. uh, Breaking like it is. He's been banging the phones as he gets ready for his draft showcase so we'll catch up with trey wingo another time so uh when we talked to brandon vogel a little bit ago we were trying we're trying to get to that that eight or nine number let's talk about getting to eight or nine and to be honest with you there there's a, a ton of games damon let's let's do some some math here right and in illinois kind of had nebraska's number Right, Nebraska's won two of the last three, but got crushed last year and escaped with their life two years ago ahead of the Ohio State game. Oklahoma's OU. Michigan State is um, sneaky. Northwestern's always a dogfight. Michigan's loaded with talent. I mean, they were an eight-win or seven-win football team, seven or eight-win team in normal years 
kind of around that nine and four mark traditionally during a normal season. But Michigan's always sending first round defensive guys to the NFL draft. They 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 get after the quarterback. Minnesota, they they are over their skis in a good way. They find ways. They find ways to win ball games. And you know, Purdue has has beaten Nebraska, Ohio State's Ohio State. You have that Wisconsin and Iowa close. Can you find seven? Can you find eight? Can you find nine? I can find seven, and I can talk myself to getting to eight, but that means you, you, you start out 2-0. and oh. That means you win at Michigan State. That means you beat Northwestern, and that means you, you beat uh, Michigan and or Minnesota, and you got to split with Iowa or Wisconsin, and you got to beat Purdue. It can happen. Nebraska is going to be good enough defensively to be in about every ball game. But where are they going to be offensively? What's the health going to be offensively? It could come together next year. I think the the main block to look at is that Northwestern Minnesota, Northwestern Michigan Minnesota. That's three. Like, get, or, if we three and zero, oh that that's huge for just momentum oh, against Wisconsin and Iowa. If we don't kind of sweep that crowd, I still see us. I, I expect us to beat Michigan State and Purdue. Um, split. Maybe two of those Northwestern Michigan. Can you Minnesota go three games. and one in October? That would be money, right? Can you go three and one in October? Can you go two and one? I make that three and one in September, and then in November, can you go? Dare I say three and one? Potentially that that win over that that's Wisconsin. A, that's, a, that's a freaking tough ask. <laughs> a win over Wisconsin would lead into Iowa. It's a little harder if we fall to Wisconsin, and depending on how bad that fall could be. Well, exactly. There, there's a lot up in the air, but it's fun to kind of talk about and speculate. All right, let's uh, qualify right now with the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. That sounder is neat. Hitting the grill. Collar 9 qualifies for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. 466-3776-466-3776-800-825-5865. Collar 9 qualifies now a Weber Spirit E210 gas grill from your friends at Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. Also, they get you hooked up with some Capital Patio rub and a Weber brush. You have the $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center and a $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. So be caller nine right now to qualify. 466-377-6800-825-5865. The Memorial Day kickoff with ESPN. Uh, give that Do that giveaway on uh, the 21st of May. We'll wind down Hour 1 on Hale Varsity. And now. And now, back to Hale Varsity Radio. Spring game thoughts. Gary Barnett, one uh, segment away. A little bit after 5, we'll get caught up with the coach. Russ Landy, NFL insider, former front office man for Cleveland and the Rams. What happens with this Aaron Rodgers saga? Danny Burke, Burke's Best Bets. All next hour. So, Damon, who qualified? Uh, Chris was lucky number nine. Good, man. And got good, good for Chris. We'll do a, another opportunity for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. That's a grill. That's a gift card to Campbell's. That's a gift card to Leon's. And uh, the giveaway for that May 21st can qualify, obviously, uh, when you hear that cue to call. But uh, do so and log on ESPN Lincoln. 
Vogel.com. Good stuff from Brandon Vogel. Still uh, plenty of swirling with the quarterbacks. Is it Trey Lance at number three? Our old buddy Jeff Colhane's had a chance to see Trey Lance a lot for North Dakota State, obviously. Is it Mac Jones that Shanahan says, yep, we're going with him? Does something get done with San Francisco to Green Bay? They tried Wednesday. Do they come back? And if you're Green Bay, what do you do? And is New England in the works to try and uh, pry away Jimmy G back to Foxborough? That way you've got Jimmy G and then Cam Newton as your quarterback options for Bill Belichick. Uh, You're either going to go quarterback or you're going to get Aaron Rodgers or you're just going to stick with Jimmy G, who's been injury prone, and then groom another quarterback at three because you've traded to move up. And we'll see if New England can move up to number seven. If Detroit's okay with moving back to 15. Uh, Denver, I'm interested in what the Donks do. They just got Teddy, the GM who was uh, in Minnesota, the draft Bridgewater, or the front office guy, forget the exact title. But the point is, is there's history with Teddy and the man in Denver. Uh, if you were able to, to, to pull off something and find a way to get Rodgers, if you're Denver, I've not heard that. I'm just saying, let's talk about teams that, that need a quarterback. And, and Denver, even though they got Teddy, you'd certainly figure out a way. If you're the Jets and you can get Aaron Rodgers, <laughs> yeah, you trade that second pick. Uh, Miami, they like Tua. They'd, lo- they'd love Aaron Rodgers. In Carolina, I know you just got Darnold, and I like Darnold. But Matt Rule, would, would he's already a sweet coach. But he'd kill it. You had Aaron Rodgers any team. Thank you. Playoffs, yes. That just kind of speaks to how horrific, horrifically butchered this has been in Green Bay with the, the coaching change and with the, the general manager. And quite honestly, Aaron Rodgers is a different dude. I'm not saying I don't like him or don't respect him, but you go all the way back to the, uh, the draft where he, he was a free faller, man. He, he fell and he fell and he fell. A guy with all that arm talent that killed it at Cal. Think about Cal's team. They had Beast Mode, Deshaun Jackson, and Aaron Rodgers. They were a top 10 team. Why has Aaron Rodgers got to go to a Juco and then Cal? I mean, there's just something with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, his family don't talk. I know that's personal. But it's, I don't know. He's He might just be a different dude. I don't know if he's ultra, uber, high maintenance prima donna or if he's just eccentric. I don't know. But he's been great for you. And you, you were right, Green Bay, uh, post-Farve with him. But you gotta got to make up. He's got a lot of good years left, even though he's 37. Gary Barnett, Hour 2, Hail Varsity continues. Welcome to Hail Varsity Radio, the voice of Husker Nation. Insight, opinion, expertise, with the biggest and best names talking Nebraska across the state. Join the show on Twitter at Hail Varsity and at Schmitz underscore radio. Call in at 402-466-ESPN or 1-800-825-5865. Here's Chris Schmitz. Back into it, it's Hour 2, it's Hail Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery AA 
spring weekend for some football. We say hi to the Hall of Fame coach, Gary Barnett, with us, Northwestern Colorado. Coach, uh, going to be a lot of red in the stands for the first time in a long time in Lincoln. And uh, you get the, uh, the the buff spring game on Saturday. How are you? I'm doing well, Uh Chris, looking for it. They're, they're actually playing Friday or tomorrow, and so uh, going to go back and do that. I, they're not. They're just going to have a regular practice. Uh, I think they've got a number of guys out uh, that they're holding out at this point in time. So it's just. But uh, everybody is so ready to go sit in a stadium. <laughs> you know, I mean, they. Uh, we normally don't have very many people come to that event anyway. We're not like Nebraska. But I think there'll be people just want to get out and sit in the stands and sit in the sunshine. How how hard, from a physicality standpoint, would you would you go during spring? What was your rule of thumb? And I know it could change year to year, team to team. But Nebraska's had thirty, forty some different little injuries and knickknacks. Now their stud tight end, their their uh, right. high profile recruit Fedoni uh, had a knee injury, which is god awful but uh he should recover but what was your take on on you know just how much hitting did you do in the spring well it depended on two things one it depended upon how veteran your team is Mm -hmm. and then two it depended on what time you started spring practice so there's times uh there's with different teams we might want to start as early as possible with the idea that we needed to get more physical and if we do get some people hurt we have an extra month to heal up before the season would start should we have anything occur i mean you hate to think that way and and you don't but you all you know that in the planning process you have to be aware of everything and take that into consideration the other thing is how veteran a team do you have if you have a very veteran team you probably don't hit them as much um, unless they're a bad veteran team, and then you do. But if they're a veteran team, uh, you probably hold back on, on the vets, and uh, you just try to create some depth with some of the younger kids. And, and with those guys, you're, uh, you, know, you really want to see what they're like in a live situation. So the only way you can evaluate them in those situations is to have aggressive physical practices. So it's a balance, and it just depends upon how you – view uh, the kind of team that you've got coming back and what changes you need to make. Uh, if you're a team that really fought with struggle with physicality then um, and you want to change that, then you're probably going to be a little more physical because you know, it depends on the culture that you've created. If you created a culture of mental and physical toughness, then you're not going to back off, uh, but you might back off the veterans. Mm. Um, if you haven't created that and you have to start that, you choose to start a creation, uh, I mean, a culture like mm-hmm. that, then, you know, you've got to ease into it. You've got to um, uh, create standards for spring practice, and you've got to hold players to it as to how hard they work, how physical they, they practice, and how physical each drill is. So it, it totally comes down to what, what you see uh, as the direction you want your team to go, uh, what's the culture you want to, want created or maintained, and then uh, how young uh, or experienced your team is. Gary Barnett's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Coach, uh, when it comes to young quarterbacks, uh, interested in, in your evaluation of him, and uh, what – I don't want to say what was the jumping-off point, but, but how much time would you allow guys to, to groom and develop – 
before you, you made a, maybe a tough call to go look at a JUCO or look at another guy? Uh, you, you want the best for your team, but Nebraska's in a really interesting situation with some really young guys that could be good, but they're, uh, they're zero experience for either of the kids uh, behind Adrian if, if they were called to duty. Well, uh, I think that, that, Chris, when you go all the way through, you know, you don't, you don't call it off early. You go a full 15 days. Mm-hmm. You take your time. You don't make a rash decision. You consider everything that uh, how your team may be affected. Uh, are any one of these quarterbacks, are they guys that have um, won the team over? you got to think about all that stuff. doesn't mean it controls what you do, but you've got to take it into consideration. So I think patience is the most important thing. Um, and, you know, I think that running out after a spring, spring game on Monday and announcing you're going to take a junior college guys just says one thing, our guys suck and we need to make a change. <laughs> and, and, uh, and then you always interview, or I think you should, I think most coaches do, they interview all their players afterwards. And, um, you know, it's usually a 15, 20, 30-minute interview. And that's one of the questions that, that you, you pose to some of your players, especially your veteran players. Um, uh, and, and you do it in a subtle way to where you can find out what their thoughts are on this guy and on the thoughts are on uh, if, what if we brought a junior college yeah. guy in. So especially your leaders, I think you, you approach them with that. So you gather as much information as you can before you make that decision. Well, it's such a, a, a unique situation with the portal where yeah. uh, you, you can go that you can go portal shopping, but it doesn't sound like Nebraska's going to focus in on a quarterback. Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, uh, Nebraska's athletic director, Bill Moose, a couple of different times this week, uh, kind of got into expectations and knows how difficult Nebraska's schedule is knows that Nebraska has not been faring well against a, a lot of teams in the Big Ten when you look at the, the first three years, but it's been a, a building process. Bill Moose talked about realistically eight or nine wins could be a possibility. Do you have a reaction to that? Did you ever have a situation where, the, where your AD was talking about a win total and you're looking at the schedule saying, "I'm gonna, I, I, we want 10, we want 11 wins, but... There's a reality here where our football team's at and, and what the schedule is. Did that uh, situation ever pop up on you when it comes to an 80 discussing win total? No, and if it did, we're going to have a serious discussion afterwards because let me tell you, I'm looking at Nebraska's schedule right now, mm-hmm. and I think it's a brutal, difficult schedule. It may be as hard as anybody's in the country. But it, it's, it's supposed to be. I mean, it's yeah, right there. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. And uh, the teams you pick to play that aren't uh, league games, Buffalo and Southeast Louisiana, I mean, those are good football teams. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, you're, you're already playing some very good teams in the West. And, um, and then you're, you're picking up Michigan State. You're picking up Ohio State. Uh, Michigan. <laughs> so, uh, Michigan, I mean, you, you've drawn a really tough – tough hand and um, I'm sure the AD is saying that sort of stuff to just calm everybody down you always want to create hope mm-hmm. and uh, 
So I just hope he had a good conversation with Scott before he went public with that. Yeah, well, and, you know, facilities groundbreaking tomorrow for Nebraska. They're sure. moving forward on a $155 million facility, at least uh, the, the, the football part of that, the $100 million part of that is is going to move forward. And, you know, I, I look at the facility arms race. It's It's still important. And I look at what Northwestern, has and I look at that practice facility coach on on Lake Michigan and you've been through there and you know what you know what Fitz has up there and I mean how have you seen or have you heard of that being uh making a major impact already I know it's fairly new but has it paid off paid dividends for for what Northwestern wants to do when it comes to recruiting well here's what it does when when you build up a thing like that 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 it really shouldn't bring you one single player. Mm-hmm. Uh, if it does, you better question the character of that player. Mm-hmm. But it it checks off a box. Okay. Uh, as as recruits consider everything, um, one of the things that they at least have on their list, and it has really more to do with uh, you know the way sports writers look at it, and uh, everybody else they always look at the bits of a program. Uh, instead of maybe what's really inside and what makes it up, so so it it goes on to the list of things you consider when you when you look at a school. So uh, while it, they weren't awful, they certainly weren't top twenty five, top fifteen, top mm-hmm. whatever. But now they are. So as that recruit checks off that that list, and they get to facilities, they go, yeah, darn good facilities. But in the end, it, it it may help a little bit, but it's not a. I don't think it's a difference maker. Mm-hmm. I think it, it's an, it's only a difference maker if you come down to you're trying to decide between school two schools and one has bad facilities, one has great facilities. Then you use that as an excuse to take the school with good facilities. <laughs> I mean, look at Indiana. Yeah. You know, I mean, Indiana. Uh, you're not going to check that. They probably don't check that box. But they've come up with that because of the culture they've created mm-hmm. and the coaching combination and et cetera, the things that you have to get lucky at choosing. Uh, there they are. They stand. They're stealing guys from Ohio State. Um, and they're making a difference, and nobody's saying it's because of facilities. So it's it's one of those things you have to talk about, mm-hmm. but it's, you know, in the end, it's, it's not all that important. It signals investment, and you're, yeah. you're talked about, and right. it's time and, to And, you know, the, 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 the talking heads on ESPN talk about it, sure. and, and that's what you're listening to. So, uh, you know, checks the box. Gary Barnett's with us. A couple more minutes. Hale Varsity Radio, Colorado, and Northwestern uh, College Football Coach, Hall of Famer. And uh, he is off to the Buffs spring game tomorrow. Nebraska gets rolling on on Saturday. Coach, you know, as we talk here, we, we don't know where Kansas is going. I know you're familiar with that job. And talk to me a little bit here about some of the candidates here with Fritz or Monken or, or Coach Holtz or even Lance Leopold that has, you know, some Nebraska ties and has been fantastic at Buffalo here. What do you think of the, the the list as we know it right now for for Kansas? Well, their options is it a, is it a tough sell, or is it an easy choice for a coach that's not at a power five to make a jump to Lawrence? Yeah, it, it's it's probably um, it's probably 
an easy choice. I think it's it's very interesting. Leipold and uh, uh, Fritz, those guys have great reputations at that level. Munkin certainly does. The choice on Munkin uh, is is intriguing. Should he be the guy? Mm-hmm. Because that would be the only triple option physical football team in that league that's like that if they do the Army style. And uh, as someone who, who went through that, uh, made a change from in a ter- program that was performing terribly and going downhill to a team that went to the basic wishbone, established a mentality of phys- physicality, made everybody change the way they practice because of their offense. You know, it, it says that might not be a bad idea for Kansas. I think it's a really difficult decision to make mm-hmm. uh, because nobody wants to see it. They want, you know, they want to read about the wins, but they don't want to watch it. So um, that's interesting. It's an interesting decision there. Uh, and then Emmett Jones, the, the, the current interim mm-hmm. guy, has been overwhelmingly a popular guy with those players. So golf, Travis Golf's got a tough decision if he chooses to stay with the interim or he chooses to make the tough decision, uh, change coaches again, and this time a year. And um, you know, I'm sure he's hoping to sell tickets and create instant credibility and and, and, and interest at a high level right away or a higher level. Then maybe he thinks he's got to make that decision. I think that's always a really that's got to be really thought over whether a brand new AD at this time of year makes a decision like that to, that really upsets the way things are going. Even though things aren't going well, mm-hmm. uh, it's still a very difficult decision. Well, we love option football here. You know that. <laughs> so right. that's the, that's kind of a lot of our wheelhouse. I know it's not the popular offense anymore, but, man, you can win ball doing it. Gary Barnett's with us. Coach, uh, last thought here, NFL draft gets going here in a little bit, and uh, I know we've spent some time on, on the draft. Is there a, is there a draft story uh, you have or, or a thought when uh, you were contacted uh, by – by some of the NFL guys about some of your players. Is this a fun time uh, when you look back to your career? It's a fun time for the guys who have finished their, their playing career. And, um, you know, when Bill Belichick and, and 23 other head coaches walk into your field house to watch Dan Graham yeah. uh, do his thing, that's fun. It's not fun when the kid that you know isn't, ready to go play at that level, has listened to agents, has listened to everybody but the people who really know him and care about him, um, and he decides he's going to leave early, and you're going, okay, let's run you through the the test, the NFL test, see where they put you. They said you're the early third round. Well, there's no way I'm going to be an early third rounder, and my agent says this. I said, okay. <laughs> it all comes down to who you choose to listen to in life. Mm. And then when he goes in the early to mid third rounds, and he, he, he go, told you so, but you know that's not fun because you know, you know 
around them enough where you have a pretty good idea mm-hmm. that uh, what you think is best for them. And you you really do, Chris, make your decision based on them. I know people, uh, the knock on college coaches is they make selfish decisions trying to hold on to kids. And, and I don't think that's true. Mm-hmm. I, I think everybody, every coach knows that kid better than anybody else does other than his parents. And he, he knows what he needs more than anything else. And, and that's how you make your decision, not not your own interest. So there you go. Gary Barnett, coach, enjoy Boulder. Uh, hit him far and straight. We'll talk soon. Thanks again. You bet, Chris. Thank you. And now. And now back to Hale Varsity Radio. Back into it, it's Hale Varsity Radio, presented by the Nebraska Lottery. We say hi to Russ Landy, NFL insider, also uh, scouting with the CFL. Russ, this time of year, man, it's got to bring back some memories with all the drafts, the scouting, the preparation, and finally the nights here. I want to lead off, though, with how you've sifted through the uh, the Aaron Rodgers saga here with Green Bay. He wants out, doesn't want to return. What's your take on this? Well, I think it's sort of uh, one of those tough situations that the team put themselves in when they drafted Jordan Love a year ago. And I think they looked at it thinking, we're going to get a year or two more of Aaron Rodgers and Love will be ready to go. I don't think they anticipated, A, that Rodgers might push back so hard, and B, that other teams would really step to the plate right now and be offering so much that they want him. I think they thought that there would be other quarterbacks out there so the pressure wouldn't be on them to make a move. So it's a very weird situation. I still don't think he'll be traded, but they're going to get some big offers over the next four or five hours. You look at uh, some of the offers that that already supposedly have have come in. I mean, the Niners called Wednesday night uh, to inquire about Rodgers. You had earlier, and, and that was the Rams. They ended up with Stafford. What do you think happens here? Do you think he's dealt? Do you think San Fran can land him? Or is it somebody else? Or does Green Bay, can the bridge be reconstructed with the, the general manager in Green Bay and Rodgers? Because it sounds like everybody in Green Bay, their brass has flown out one time or another to try and talk to him. Well, I think the tough part is is they do control Rodgers. They have the control over him. And to me, I understand the, the desire to trade may be great. But unless they've become convinced during this year that they've had Jordan Love, that he is ready to be a starter, there's a huge risk involved in trading Rodgers. Because if you trade him and you decide you're going with an unknown – if you have two straight losing seasons, I don't care what capital you got. If in 2023 the Packers have gone 6 and 10 and 5 and 11, they're probably looking for a new head coach and a new GM. So it's a huge risk for them to trade Rodgers right now and go with Love. I don't think he'll be traded unless some team steps in and goes crazy and offers up something along the lines of two starters and, say, three number ones plus two or three other high draft picks. Russ Landy's with us, Hale Varsity Radio, NFL insider, draft analyst, and part of the CFL scouting. What's a, a crazy moment or story or situation you found yourself in, either with Cleveland or with the Rams, your, your scouting life where a major deal almost went down, or were you a part of something like that? Well, I still remember at the Rams, I was still the young guy. I didn't have any say or influence, but we traded away Jerome Bettis because our, our leadership decided that uh, you could no longer win with a big power back. And the other part of it was they really wanted to draft Lawrence Phillips, who everybody there in Nebraska knows well. Obviously, not the best move when it ended up working out that um, Jerome went to Pittsburgh. 
had a great next decade, won a Super Bowl, and Phillips really never did anything in the NFL. He was pretty much a complete flop. So it, it was one of those moments where you just sat back as a young guy and you thought, either I'm really stupid and I don't know anything about football, or it doesn't make sense to trade away a pro bowler who's in the prime of his career for a maybe with major character question marks. So that one to me was the big eye-opener earlier in my NFL career. You were part of the Rams, and you helped uh, scout and, and with the, the draft input as well, the Super Bowl run and with Vermeil. Interested when you went through the evaluation of Phillips, uh, we all know the off-the-field stuff with Lawrence. Uh, we also know how dynamic he was on field. When it came down to who made the pitch to move forward with the, with draft and LP, how, how did that all come together? Uh, not only the, the decision to move the bus, but also move forward with, with Lawrence here. Was it a GM? Was it a head coach? Was it an owner? What was that dynamic like? Well, you know, I mean, I wasn't in the meetings because, like I said, I was a gopher, but our general manager at the time, Steve Ortmeyer, who uh, just recently passed away, longtime Raiders executive, and our head coach, Rich Brooks, who'd been at Oregon and done an amazing job of building that program, um, they worked together and sort of determined that Jerome was not the future of the Rams. And they had made that decision. And I think they'd become a little bit enamored by Phillips because he was such a big, powerful back with such rare acceleration and speed that I think they felt that if you could put him in the right offense, you had a chance to get a, a real dynamic football player who could change the way teams defended you because he would make you not only defend the power running back, but an explosive one all at the same time. So it was those two guys running the ship. Um, and, hey, there are a lot of bad decisions made in the NFL by smart people. That's just the way it is. You're going to miss on a lot of picks. You just hope you hit on enough so you can keep winning and keep your job. Russ Landy's with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Russ, as we look towards the draft tonight, uh, you know, the Aaron Rodgers uh, element is is there. Any idea where San Fran goes? That's kind of the wild card uh, as, as we move forward here, as the draft gets underway in a little bit. Um, what's your gut tell you, and what have you been able to kind of see through the the tea leaves so to speak here with all the smoke a lot of teams also talking about maybe trading up maybe that's new england uh maybe you have some other teams trading out you know what what do you think of this quarterback uh, situation this evening i really think it's between two guys i think mac jones and trey lance and i think a lot of it really between those two guys just comes down to how much of a risk do you want to take because with Mac Jones, even though both of them have limited college experience, I think they're both at 14 or 15 career starts, Mac obviously played at a very, very high level, was a very accurate thrower, um, is not the athlete, does not have the arm of Trey Lance, but Trey Lance didn't play at his high level and was not as accurate a thrower in college. So to me, a lot of it really comes down to Coach Shanahan, who really is going to make the call there in San Francisco, does he feel he can take Trey Lance and mold him and turn him into the player he has shown the ability to be because he doesn't make bad decisions? Trey Lance, very smart kid with a live arm, with top athletic skills. If Kyle believes he can make him accurate, I think that's the way they'll go. If he has concerns about his ability to do that, then I think he goes with Mac Jones. Uh, Mac Jones is unbelievably accurate for a guy whose lower body mechanics are poor 
And I think if you look at that and think, wow, if I fix his lower body mechanics, he could have rare accuracy. Mm. And that's something that's hard to find, especially in a quarterback that played in the SEC. That's a good athlete. I mean, there's a lot of reasons to really like Mac Jones as a match of the 49ers. Russ Landy's with us uh, just in front of the NFL Draft, Hale Varsity Radio. What do you believe New England does? Are they going to be able to get inside that top 10? Do they swap with Detroit? Do you believe Belichick wants to go and try and get a quarterback like a Fields or like either Jones or Lance, whoever may be left over? You know, I don't know. I mean, I, I obviously they'd love to have a franchise quarterback. Um, I really believe what's going to happen is they're going to trade up, not into the top five or six, but somewhere in the mid-round to get a certain player they're looking for. Um, and I think they're going to use some mid to late round picks to go get Jimmy Garoppolo. Once the 49ers pick a quarterback, they lose all leverage. And I think they will give up Garoppolo for less than the second rounder that they paid to get him from New England. That's interesting. Bob, Coach Belichick wants his Jimmy G back is what you're telling me. <laughs> yeah, I think he feels, hey, I think, I think he feels he can get Jimmy to play back at a good level. And I think he also likes the idea of bringing him in, gives him a veteran fallback if Newton doesn't improve from how he looked last year. And if they both play well, he has the choice of two very good quarterbacks. So I think the opportunity to get Garoppolo will ease his mind and put the Patriots back in hopefully winning situation. I know Denver uh, is figuring out where they want to go. Uh, do you think they go defense at nine, or do you think they, if Fields falls to them, are they going to pull the trigger on that? I'd be a little surprised if they took a quarterback there with Bridgewater being there, sure. um, because I think one of the things that people are sort of overlooking is not only do they have Drew Locke, who's a young quarterback, but remember the new GM in Denver was the assistant GM for over a decade in Minnesota when they selected Bridgewater. So there's a reason they felt comfortable going to get Bridgewater. Bridgewater's still young. He's under 30. I have a feeling Denver's going to look at it and say, if we can get an impact player on the defense or a real high-end offensive lineman, we're going to go with one of those spots. We're going to roll with whichever quarterback plays well, and we're going to count on Vic Fangio's defense really taking a big step this year to give us a chance to get in the playoffs. Russ, as you've looked at, at some of the first-round talent in this draft, this projected first-round talent, who's who's the wow guy? Who's the guy that, that may be rated super high or maybe a little bit under the radar that, that's impressed you the most? Well, I mean, I put Kyle Pitts aside because he's the best, in my opinion, the best player. He's the best tight end I've ever graded. Mm. Um, but in terms of guys that jump off that really are not getting a ton of publicity as top ten picks, to me, Kadaris Tony the receiver slash running back out of Florida. This kid's a thick-bodied kid, runs aggressively with the ball. He's electric with the ball in the open field. And then I look at Rashawn Slater, the offensive tackle out of Northwestern. Um, I know everybody's talking about Penny Sewell from Oregon. I personally think Slater is a better offensive tackle with a better future in the NFL. So to me, give me Slater, give me Tony. Those are two guys that aren't getting top ten talk that I think are better than a lot of guys that are going to go ahead of them. Russ, last thought here. Uh, you look at Wilson, and it's looking like him in New York. Is that a a good situation to go into? When you look at the Jets, you look at their history, and you look at, at what kind of jump a guy like Wilson made 
uh, for that last season at BYU. Can can he go be a different quarterback at at New York? Uh, you've had so many opportunities that, that haven't worked out there. You know, I think talent-wise, I, I think it makes sense. And I will say, if you're going to go to a building that's been losing, but you have a GM like Joe Douglas and a head coach like Robert Saleh, you're not going to get a better situation for a coach and GM for a rookie quarterback. I mean, it's a good situation in that regard. My only issue for any young quarterback, especially one that comes in there um, with, I, from what I've been told, he's a very confident kid, um, really believes he is that good. Um, coming to New York um, from a smaller school, and I don't mean D3, but I'm saying BYU is not a school that's in front of the media all the time. Mm-hmm. That can be a little bit tough on him. I don't think if he fails, it's going to be due to lack of talent. I think it would be due to his just having a tough time handling what goes on in New York City um, with the media. But I don't think he could go to a better situation if you're going to go to a big city with then having that GM and that head coach behind you because they're, they're good people, they understand this business, and they're going to have his back from the day they make the selection. Russ Landy, NFL insider, also scouting with the CFL. Russ will get caught up again. Thanks for taking time today. You got it, Chris. Thanks always for having me on your show. He's in his 30s, but sounds like he was born with a stogie in one hand and a brew in the other. Now, say my name. It's Schmitty on Hail Varsity Radio. I got the body of a taut, preteen Swedish boy. Let's get to it. Danny Burke with this Burke's Best Bets. Hail Varsity Radio at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter and his show Rush Hour on the VEASAN Sports Network. All right, Danny. Uh, your sources in the desert say Aaron Rodgers where? <laughs> That's the million-dollar question, right? I mean, all these reports are going haywire right now, Schmitty. And, you know, what was heard, I guess, in kind of the whole offseason is that the 49ers logistically maybe made most sense for Rodgers going back to his home state in California. You know, he hosted Jeopardy. Maybe he wants to be more in the limelight out there with some good weather. It seems like despite the efforts from the GM and the whole team, making various trips to meet up with him. He had to nudge one way or the other. So, look, I know everybody in the NFC North, especially here in Chicago, are very excited to hear that news. But <laughs> if something happened by the end of the night, I'm not so sure, Schmitty. It could just be, you know, smoke and mirrors. But I, I really don't know. I mean, we, we've heard about this kind of going into it, but I guess nobody really thought it was coming to fruition because everybody throughout the organization just kept reassuring that he's 100% going to be there, which naturally they're going to do regardless. But it just seemed like, you know, too unrealistic for this to actually be a thing. But here we are. You're Green Bay. You drafted Love last year. Uh, time will tell with, with what type of progress he can make, clearly. But Rodgers still has some, tre- some tread left on that tire, man. He's still playing at a high level. Absolutely. It, look, it's still so asinine to think that they actually picked Jordan Love last season because, one, you obviously needed help offensively. Two, Aaron Rodgers is still a dominant player, hence winning MVP right after you did that. And three, I mean, I feel like he still could have waited to get a guy that was maybe going to be better than Jordan Love. Obviously, we haven't seen anything from him thus far, but it just seems very premature. And you obviously see a disgruntled Aaron Rodgers now, and look, it's kind of backfiring and the decisions that LaFleur may be made in the postseason, kicking the field goal instead of going for it. Little things like that that are going to piss off Aaron Rodgers, and now we're seeing it come all into all into a full circle here, Schmitty. So, look, I, 
I don't know what's going to happen, but it's going to be a fun night, that's for sure. Well, let's dive in. Uh, Bill Moose has doubled down on that 8-9 to nine win number uh, with the World Herald after mentioning, you know what, Nebraska could find eight or nine wins on their schedule. Uh, you know, as we hung up last week, you had the, the odds come out from a, a colleague of yours out in Vegas. And, you know, as you look at the early lines here on Nebraska, anything uh, jump out as a future for you? Um, you know, I haven't got into it too much. I guess when you're just kind of looking at some of the early speculating lines, I think that matchup against Michigan is the most intriguing. I know you and I kind of discussed this. I mean, offensively, that's going to be, you know, the big question with this one. I mean, who's going to be able to jump out to that early lead? Because as we're expecting, you know, at least with Nebraska, the defense is going to slowly and slowly keep improving. You saw it happen this past year. If they could even build on that, then they're going to slowly start getting back to that culture of the black shirts. And that's what you need because, yes, offense is going to be tough with losing some key players. But I still think, especially in college football with a quarterback, and Adrian Martinez, and an offensive-minded coach, and Scott Frost, that they're going to be able to suffice despite losing some weapons that may not be as pretty as everybody wants it to be, but everything's going to go around that defense. Now, you know, if you, if you have Michigan here as a pick like we're seeing with some people making these lines, I, I just still see it hard to want to back Nebraska in this game. It's just kind of, you know, almost the big brother mentality as of late, despite Michigan being such an infuriating team yeah. and not living up to the hype ever. I still just don't know size-wise if Nebraska is going to be able to match up with Michigan. That's kind of my main concern. So that's one that stuck out to me uh, pretty bigly compared to some of the other games. Um, you know, going up against Purdue, for example, I think that's a good spot for Nebraska. And, and, every, and every year going against Iowa, Nebraska is going to put up a fight regardless of how each team are doing. So I'm always looking about Nebraska in the matchup against Iowa. Is there a feel you have with over-unders? I mean, I know some early over-under projections with FPI are out, and it's right around six. Some have said seven, even seven and a half. What would you put Nebraska at right now? Would you put them right at six, six and a half? If I had to make the line myself, I think I would probably put it at about six and a half, maybe shaded to the over Schmidt. Mm-hmm. I'm probably giving them about seven wins looking at this schedule. I think the ones that are a little bit yeah, like a sneaky game that Nebraska probably should win, but as we've seen in the past, them easily could lose is going up against Minnesota. I think mm-hmm. that could be the game that it comes down to whether or not they overcome their win total. Because with Purdue, I think that should be a winnable game. Iowa, again, in my opinion, should be a winnable game. You know, Southeast Louisiana, we understand those type of games. They should win Illinois. Michigan State, I think, is actually going to be a little bit tricky just because it's on the road and they could be sneaky decent early on, even though they shouldn't be. But, again, I think Minnesota is going to be the big decider in that spot. I think they get the six, but a game like against the Gophers on the road is going to be the decider if it gets the seven or not. Even though it's in the middle of the schedule, I think looking back on it, that's going to be the one where we go, oh, that could have been the one that took them over the top. Well, I don't like going to Michigan State after going to Oklahoma. I I hate Mm -hmm. that and. All eyes will be on Nebraska, Illinois to open up the college football season. And uh, the pig farmer uh, knows how to win in the Big Ten. And Illinois uh, is a team that if they get right, they can get enough talent in there to uh, 
well, to, to climb the ladder, honestly. And, and Bielema has, has proven to be able to do that. Danny Burke's with us. Burke's best bets. Hail Varsity Radio at Danny Burke 5 on Twitter. He gets ready here at 6. We'll be taking you through the NFL draft across the country on the Visa Sports Network, iHeartMedia. Danny, as, as we uh, look at the draft here, uh, we, we touched on the Aaron Rodgers uh, question mark with his frustration, you know, what happens with Green Bay. Uh, we know we've kind of profiled the Atlanta thought you have. Where where do they go? Uh, a couple of last thoughts here as, as we gear up for the draft here shortly. It's funny because I, I pretty much had all my bets then, and I, and I believe we discussed it kind of last week aside from the pits. I did lines to select a receiver, Bengals to select an offensive lineman, Eagles to go with any offensive player. But one I added, which is hilarious now, uh, earlier this morning, I bet the Packers to select an offensive player, right? I mean, mm-hmm. it was either going to be they're going to go receiver, offensive lineman. Receiver was a short shot at plus 150, offensive lineman at plus 250. There's still some people who think they might invest in their defense, but you're seeing the reason why they need to get an offensive guy right now because they made their star quarterback so mad. And if they don't, their fan base would be even more livid. And remember, the fans own the team technically, so it's just something kind of in the back of the mind. I'd lay minus 150 for the Packers to pick an offensive player now with the whole Aaron Rodgers debacle. Does that make him even more incentivized to go offense? Or this thing, all right, we're moving on. Let's invest in our defense, worry about our offense because we got love and we'll do that later. I, you would think it would be offense, Schmitty, but who knows what they're going to do at this point. I still have confidence in the offense being the selection. Um, but, again, that, that's really the new one I added right now. So that's going to be a fun sweat to have. Danny Burks with us, Hale Varsity Radio. Danny, Hymas uh, could go anywhere from third round. I saw fifth round today uh, to San Francisco. The next Husker, if there is a next Husker to be picked, who is it, Boodle, Farniak, or Stoll? Ooh, that's tough. I'd probably lean a little bit more toward Farniak or Stoll. I know it's a very deep secondary class heading into this draft, so in terms of who would go first, I'd probably say it's going to be one of the back of those guys. I guess I would lean a little bit with Farniak would be my assumption, if anything. Danny Burke's with us. You follow him on Twitter at DannyBurke5. Check him out with the VEASAN Sports Network, his show, six to seven weeknights uh, on VEASAN and uh, Rush Hour. Danny, enjoy the draft. Uh, Good luck to your Bears. Hopefully they make you happy and uh, we'll do this again next week hey i'm not getting my hopes up schmitty but we'll see we'll talk next week my friend miss us come here brother give me a hug bring it in for the real thing we're on call for you catch the podcast at hailvarsity.com the espn lincoln app or download them on itunes saddle up partner back to hail varsity radio wind it down on hail varsity radio and it's time to jump into that hot tub with deb the spa lady home innovation spas 20th and highway 2 off industrial road in omaha spas online.com deb i know you're gearing up for the nfl draft how are you I am uh, gearing up for that and gearing up for the uh, Pool and Spa Expo at the Lancaster Event Center, you know, almost equally as exciting. And that starts Friday afternoon at 2 o'clock and first come, first serve. And I truly mean first come, first serve because the spas that we were given, uh, our allotments, those spas are for sale. And so they're not a five, six, seven-month wait. Those we actually have 
that we can get delivered fairly quick. So uh, need to get out there at 2 o'clock on Friday and uh, put your name on one of those. Great deal. That expo is so awesome, and the Lancaster Event Center, wonderful spot. And, Deb, I tell you what, uh, that is uh, <laughs> right on. When it comes to delivery, you pick it out, and uh, you're happy because you'll get the spa you choose. That's right. And we've got lots of sizes, models, everything uh, that you could see all in one place. So you can just walk a few feet and look at the seven-footer with a lounge. Maybe you want to get the eight-footer. Well, let's walk a couple feet over here and look at this one. So it makes it so much easier to decide. Deb, the spa ladies with us. Home Innovation Spas, 20th and Highway 2 in Lincoln, off Industrial Road in Omaha. Spasonline.com. Two o'clock is the Spa Expo out of the Lancaster Event Center in Lincoln. You're coming to town for the spring game. Swing by the Lancaster Event Center and pick out that spa. Deb, you have, you're, you're always giving specials out, man. And you have so many good options and so many wonderful choices. But you have that price that'll fit the budget. We really do, and this weekend is even better than ever because uh, the expo will last not only Friday, we will be out there all day Saturday and Sunday. So if you can't get there Friday, come and see us Saturday or Sunday. We'll be there. Deb, the Spa Lady, Home Innovation Spas, and, of course, that Spa Expo out of the Lancaster Event Center. Go pick out your spa on Friday or this weekend. Deb will get caught up next week. Okay, sounds great. Thank you. There it is. There is your cue to call. Thanks to Deb the Spa Lady. Draft is T-minus three minutes from now. Caller 9 qualifies for the ESPN Memorial Day kickoff. A Weber Spirit E210 gas grill from Capital Patio and the Flame Shop. A $100 gift card to Campbell's Nursery and Garden Center. And a $100 gift card to Leon's Gourmet Grocer. Caller 9 Right now qualifies at giveaway May 21st. The grill, the Campbell's gift card, the Leon's gift card, the trifecta for you this uh, Memorial Day with ESPN. Caller 9 466 3776 All right, enjoy the draft. We'll see what shakes out. Uh, with the Aaron Rodgers saga, Parker Gabriel tomorrow, Derek Peterson tomorrow. The pride of Fairbury, Bill Dolman, will be in. Excited to run him down. And uh, don't forget the spring game roadshow, Crane Act, myself, down in the rail yard. A special 10 to noon, Ale Varsity Radio, Saturday. Enjoy the draft, crack a beer. Let's watch some football. Back at you tomorrow at 4 on Hale Varsity.